I'm talking to your boyfriend, non-attachment, and lessons from the universe. SBB Saturday, November 19th, 2022 Well, I guess the Subaru belongs to my new next-door neighbor. It was parked in my spot this morning. I left a note. What the heck, neighbors? Also, what the fuck, landlord? Why didn't you tell him which spot was his? The new neighbor apologized. I was like, no worries, welcome to the neighborhood. Only I said it in French. T'inquiète pas, bienvenue au coin. I'm not sure if the preposition O was right. French and its damn prepositions. I'm waiting for Etienne to get here. It will be our fourth visit since he got back in town. The first one was when he came straight from the airport. The second was when he met my mother. He met my mother. We're all about non-traditional relationship escalators, but whatever. I want the people I love to know each other. My mom liked him. She said he gave her a good feeling the second he walked in. Gaga. I mean, I knew she'd like him. He's a kind, intelligent, good-looking sweetheart. It was harder for me than I thought it would be, though. I kept thinking about how there have been so many other boyfriends. I had a lump in my throat that I couldn't quite describe, but I think it comes from loss and parallel lives you could have lived. Except that this is so very much the life that I always wanted to have. I feel it every day, growing stronger inside of me. This is who I am. The third time we saw each other was on Wednesday at dance. It's weird with dance, people. We've both been circling the group for years, but I've always been on the outskirts. He'll deny it, but I think he knows everyone way better than I do. When we started situationshipping, is that what the young kids are calling it? It was during the pandemic. So our courtship was really private. I'd had dreams of us sort of coming out at a party, casually leaning in for a kiss, you know. I have fun with that sort of thing. Shekhar and I got off on it at the beginning, in our theater group. We were all secret about it, for no real reason other than that secrecy felt hot. Then when people started to find out, it was fun and racy. Anyway, Etienne does kiss me in front of the dancers, but I'm never quite sure who else he's kissing, too. There's this one girl that I think he is, and I've been too chicken to ask him. Last year he said it, though. At least I think he did. He said it in a kind of rude way because he'd misinterpreted something I'd said. He was horrified when I explained the misunderstanding, but we never really followed up on his, yes, I did go with her, and it was fun. I think it was that girl to a spa or something. Gross. The worst part about the jealousy is how triggering it is for me now, because of what an asshole Gavin was about it. Basically, he'd put me in situations that would directly lead to me feeling jealous, and then he would shame me for it. All while he ignored me for the object of my jealousy. What a winner. When he did pay attention to me, it felt like, it felt fake. Probably because he himself joked that it was fake. There, I've done my duty, now I'm off to fuck Elise. I need a hug, I said to Gail. You okay, she asked. I'm pretty sure she knew I was off-kilter, but we just kind of looked at each other and she held me close. Yes. I mean, no. I mean, yes and no. She just hugged me. That's why I love her. She told me on Wednesday that she has a Mary Poppins proposal, two weeks in February when she goes to Latin America. Apparently she can put babysitting into her trip budget. Which is good, because I love those children, but if I'm going to be their cook and maid, a job I definitely never signed up for, I would like to be compensated. I'm pretty sure I'm going to say yes, although I didn't say yes right away without thinking about it, which makes me feel quite proud. I think I'm going to institute my put-shit-they-leave-lying-around-the-house-in-the-bin system.
The jealousy ate at me for a while. Everyone's always touchy-feely in that group, and even the cis-hetero men snuggle with each other. But every time his hand brushed her leg, I felt some evil little sniggles pinching and poking at me. I breathed through it, threw myself into a group trying this insane trick. Jump, leap, catch, brilliant. I volunteered to catch, and everybody doubted me. They always think I'm too small. But I'm strong. Slowly, the tightness started to loosen. Carefully, I extracted the poison from my brain. And then there was Etienne, out of the corner of my eye, and I nudged him with my hip, and he put his arms around me and nibbled on my ear. And we chatted, snuggled up on the couch, and even though when I left, she was right back by his side, I didn't mind. My bed was very comfortable that night. I crawled under the covers and wondered idly whether he had gone home with her. I could just ask. I wonder if I will tonight. I have a habit of blurting out questions I try to keep down. But I'm not sure I want to know, or talk about it, or make it a thing. I do know I need to talk to him, though. Not really about anything in particular, just about everything. I feel like at the beginning it was so much easier to be, well, not me exactly. I'm still me with him now. But I care too much about what he thinks, or what I think he thinks, or what I'm scared he thinks, and I alter my behavior and my communication accordingly. I've always done that with men, always. I think it's part of me being submissive. But I'm not Etienne submissive. So I've made us a game. I'm going to print it out now. It's a list of questions, and we can read them at random. It's later. Etienne will be here any second. It's already 51 minutes past his approximate ETA. Gaga. I've only had the messenger drawbridge down today. First, to make sure my massage was happening. It was happening. Gaga. Second, to check in with Etienne. I miss mommy, but I'm really happy my phone's off. Winter is here. It arrived with a flourish on Tuesday, was it? Or maybe Wednesday. It snowed through the night and all day long. Quebec seemed to sigh its quiet acceptance, and radio announcers perked up because they had so many accidents and weather warnings to report. I had a cleaning frenzy last night, all cozied up in my happiness palace, the darkness upon us. What usually feels like a chore felt instead like liberation. I decluttered, deep-dusted, arranged, sorted, threw out. My mom kind of suggested I do that, which annoyed me, because I feel like that's been my entire life for the last years. Sorting, depossessioning, minimizing, packing, moving, first from Gavin to Gales, then from Gale into storage, then back out of storage into Gales, then right away because it didn't work out, from Gales to here, with a brief sojourn at Marisol and Andres' house. And I've only been here nine months. And yet... The clutter and a few poor furniture decisions and my outdoor flowers I couldn't bear to kill so are now slowly dying in my living room. Sunday, November 20th, 2022. It's tomorrow now, and Etienne has come and gone. In the end, we didn't play the game I made. We just talked. I felt the cells of my body cleansing, dancing, releasing. I asked the questions I'd been too scared to ask, heard the answers I'd been too scared to hear, We laughed a lot, because he's had the same questions, been scared of the same answers. It started with me asking a question. Est-ce que je suis trop pour toi? Trop quoi? Trop moi pour toi. Tu es tellement toi, mais jamais trop. Am I too much for you? Too much what? Too much me for you. You are you, which is just the right amount for me. It continued with him asking a follow-up question. 
Was there something in particular that you were worried about being too much? I thought about it. This didn't fit with my carefully thought-out question, all typed, printed, cut into strips, and folded into a bowl with instructions and stickers of cute kittens. I felt it was serving the same purpose, though. I think I'm concerned because I don't always know if you will tell me your boundaries. I also know you want me to be authentically myself, but I don't want that to manifest as pressure. Like meeting my mom, for example. Obviously, I really wanted to do that, and I seriously appreciated that you made it a priority. But I wouldn't want to think you felt obligated. I mean, I'd have been disappointed if it hadn't happened, but I want that to be okay. My potential disappointment and us both speaking our truth. I loved meeting your mom, he said, and I think the things you worry about being problems are usually not actually problems. I laughed, relieved. I could feel the relief surging in, tension oozing out, my body settling, releasing, softening. He felt it too, said I seemed lighter. Okay, so speaking of worrying about things and not knowing the answer, PDA with our mutual friends, discuss, I said, and he met my gaze with an unsure smile. I, well, what do you think? I'm fine with it, I responded. I love kissing you. But it has felt a little weird to kiss you, because I didn't know if you wanted it or not, but then it felt weird not to, and I've basically felt consistently awkward when we're around the dance group. I'm fine with PDA, too. Actually, it felt weird that we weren't doing it, given how touchy-feely that whole group is, he said back. I've just felt awkward because I could tell that you were feeling awkward. I laughed, the awkwardness seeping away, replaced by excitement. I can't wait to PDA with Etienne in front of all our friends, I exclaimed, jumping on top of him and giving him a trillion kisses. Okay, wait a second. Just because we'll be somewhat PDA-y doesn't mean it's going to be every second all the time. We'll just have to keep checking in. Using our words, I said, and suddenly that didn't seem like such a scary thing to do. We talked about other things, too. His fear at being my only man for the moment. The potential pressure for keeping me satisfied in all the ways. He talked for a while, and I let him talk, booting reflex impulses to defend myself, get offended, cast blame. It was nice to hear him talk, maybe because I was able to see that he's been processing, too. It always feels like I'm alone in that in my relationships. But clearly he had been noticing, weighing, pondering. It's about real or perceived expectations, he said slowly, faltering at first but seeming to pick up confidence as I showed myself ready to listen without judgment. Sometimes I feel like I don't want to let you down, and so then I'm doing something that I don't really want to do. I felt responsible and also a bit helpless, because what was I doing to make him feel that way? I hadn't meant to give him the impression that I wanted more than he felt like giving. I usually don't even want quite so much, getting triggered but unable to put what my body needs into words. Would you feel comfortable telling me next time that happens, I asked, so that if it's something in particular I'm doing, I can shift my behavior? Because I think most of the time I may not actually be pushing for what you think I am. I could reassure you that I'm not expecting something, or think about it and realize that maybe I have been and change accordingly. The thing is, it's nothing acute, he said in English, and I wondered if in French, a goo would make more sense in that sentence. I knew what he meant, though, that it wasn't a clear-cut cause or effect. Sometimes it's a generalized feeling after we're not even together anymore, he said. It's not like in the moment it's something you've done. Okay, so you don't need me to stop jumping on your leg and orgasming? Because if that feels like it's too much for you, I could... No, it's nothing like that. Please don't stop that. And our kiss earlier? Was it just my imagination? Because I thought we liked that. I loved that kiss. 
Please believe me. I think it's just my own stuff, this generalized fear and pressure. I think part of it is I know my pattern of trying to rescue my lovers, and I need to not do that. I nodded. I understood in a strange backwards way. I had been feeling the same way, ironically. Well, I have a few thoughts, I said, gathering the courage to propose what I had been meditating on for a while. For a while there, I did need rescuing. You were my Prince Charming, and I was a scared little fairy princess. I think it's possible that I have made you feel pressured at times. It was never my intention. It's just that so much of the abuse from Gavin revolved around my sexual attractiveness and being withheld sex. It's true that you were the first man to touch me in a way that meant anything in five years. So there was a real risk I would pressure you and orbit around you, and I think that that happened at the beginning a bit. But let me say this with all the respect in the world, and I looked him straight in the eyes. I love you to pieces, and I'm also happy I'm not making you the center of my universe. Really, truly, if anything, I'm orbiting around Gale more than you, and either way, I'm working hard to change my need to orbit around anyone at all. So I want you to know you can always reach out to me at any time, even after we're together, because sometimes you may be worried about something that isn't even happening in my mind, and I can offer you reassurance and work with you to make us both feel comfortable. And I'm okay that you're my only man for now. I tried to date last year, and it was disastrous. You know, because I've told you. So you're okay, really? Really. I mean, I do know that. I've seen you. You're doing really well. He paused. And also, just, you and I may be different and want different things. Like, I don't think kink is necessarily for me. I almost laughed at that one. Baby, all I want to do with you is explore, I said. I just want to learn about pleasure, get to know each other's bodies. You don't have to worry about expectations, sexual, kinky, or otherwise. I can barely even do kink myself. I told you mommy hasn't even been able to touch me without my actively requesting it until literally four weeks ago, right? I'm on a sexual exploration now with mommy, and it's had to start with healing my trauma. I don't need anything from you that you don't feel like giving. We held each other tightly. I have a proposal for you, I whispered in his ear. I've talked to you about the chastity thing mom and I, mommy and I might do, right? I... I don't think so, he said. Oh, um, okay, well, here it is. What if we start fresh, you and I? We could take penetration off the table. We can learn to know each other's bodies without pressure or expectation. I mean, you and I are always going on about how it's not the destination, it's the journey, blah, blah, blah. I guess we should walk the walk, he chuckled. It would do two things, I said. One, you could stop worrying about some kind of expectation. I mean, half the time we end up having sex and I'm like, I'm not ready and neither is he. But one of us has made it seem like we should and we don't want to hurt each other's feelings, he murmured. Exactly, I agreed, then continued. The second thing is me. I've had a terrible history with sex. I still don't know exactly what I want or how to say what I want and I'm petrified of hurting feelings. I think I'm ready to start fresh. What do you think? Could we back up and take our time? We fell asleep eventually, bodies entangled, his breath warm on my neck. This morning, we backed up and took our time. He's gone now. I had a tentative phone call with Estrella scheduled for now-ish, and I considered turning my phone back on. It's been off for 48 hours. In the end, I decided I wasn't ready to lower any drawbridges, especially because Estrella might be busy, and by the time I found that out, it would be too late and I would have seen the other messages in my inbox. 
I went out for groceries, mostly so I could feel good about having left the house. Now I've got cannabis oil going on the stove. I've never done this before. I had to deoxycarbolate, which is a fancy way of saying toast the cannabis on low heat. Monday, November 21st, 2022. It's funny, it doesn't feel like a Monday. It's easy to lose track of time when you hibernate, cocooned in your happiness palace, drawbridges raised to everyone. I kept my phone off for 72 hours. I don't think I've done that before. Not in the middle of the city, anyway, without some kind of nature expedition as an excuse. That's right, I did it this summer, on the island, with Gail and her friend. But this time it was just me in my apartment with my stuffies. A couple of times I almost turned it back on, but I always decided against it. Given the option, I actually didn't want to let the outside world in yet. Instead, I dove deep. I made that game for Etienne. I drew up an end-of-life document for my parents that I've been dreading for months. I deep-cleaned my apartment. I made cannabis oil. I baked brownies. Not THC. I figured I'd try each of the recipes individually before combining them. They were chocolate walnut chocolate chip, and they are divine. I wrote a billion blogs. I came up with a way to delegate my emails so that it won't give me heart palpitations. The email bullet deserves its own section. I'm really excited about it. I made a list of every single category of email. Personal, family, professional, clients, potential clients, clients for a different job. It was a lot of categories. I'm going to create a couple of new email addresses, which will allow me to move away from the one account I've had since I was 18, which is full to bursting and gets lots of spam to boot. One of those email addresses, the email address from new people, from current clients, the buffer email address, will be checked by somebody other than me. I cannot wait to implement this. I'm going to have so much less anxiety. I orgasmed. I finally wrote a story for Mommy. I kept my phone off all the way until Mommy came today. I had it timed perfectly. Lunch was almost cooked, and I had only just started to panic that she might not be coming. She didn't come last week, and I was so, so, so sad. But also, I was one with the universe because I had been meditating all day, so I didn't have a nervous breakdown or anything. And then she was here, and I started to show her and tell her all the things. Only then I realized she wasn't getting too close to me. Probably because she said, I'm not going to get too close to you. And then I noticed she was wearing her mask still. Two of them. Gah, 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 gah. It turns out that Matt, her husband, has a terrible stomach virus thingy, and she thinks she had it last week, but just in case she's a vector, she didn't want to get me sick. This was terrible for multiple reasons, the most obvious one being poor Matt, but the more important one being, poor me. Gaw, 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 gaw. And so the joke is on me, because after spending all weekend working on non-attachment and having the perfect state of mind for when Mommy arrived, so we could spend all day long together perfecting the perfectionism, she had to leave almost as soon as she arrived, and neither of us had an orgasm. And I had been attached to the idea of me telling her everything I'd been up to and snuggling and, and, and... Wah! And of course, today's calendar quote is, The root of suffering is attachment. The Buddha. Ha ha. Very funny universe. Oh well. I'm faring quite well, all things considered. That is, after spending the afternoon with a stomach that may have been entirely psychosomatic. But the farts were real. Love, SBB. Fart joke and all. Epilogue. November 24th, 2022. 
It's later now. I hadn't published this blog yet because I wanted to make sure I did Etienne's in my conversation justice. I'm not sure if I have. I hope so, though. I've never been able to talk like that with a man before. And it's crazy, I mean, if anything, it's baby steps compared to the processing I do with Mommy. But it was a step. A firm step on solid ground. Meeting each other where we are, with gentleness. Exposing weakness in order to heal, never to attack. Speaking our truths and not taking them personally. I can see now how it happens. Two people come together in earnest optimism, believing the best in each other, ready for love. We crash together, we lovers, and then we wait for the dust to settle from the explosion. The different pieces of ourselves come into contact with each other. So often we fail to listen, to receive, and to love. Instead, we project what we want onto the other, constantly disappointed if they don't change for us. We think that love means the other person will turn into what we want them to be. We even fool ourselves into thinking that that's who that person is, getting angry they've changed, when actually they're simply revealing who they've been all along. Shouldn't love mean seeing who the person is exactly, and loving them for who they are? It felt good to reclaim my body. I'm giving it to Mommy for safekeeping and chastity. We'll come up with guidelines that keep me safe. I will wait to be penetrated until I know how to speak up when I need something and express what I want. And Etienne is going to witness it and receive me as I am. It will be wonderful because there will be no pressure. Our only goal will be to learn each other, pleasure each other, and love each other gently and kindly. This way we'll be able to enjoy the journey without worrying about the destination. Plus, the forbidden fruit is always hottest. Gag, 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 we're going to be in chastity to mommy. Me.